Would you please join me in prayer right now as we jump in the word? Um, Father in heaven, right now, by the power of your spirit, I am asking that you would anoint these moments. God, that you would clarify your word, that you would unlock hearts, you'd open minds so that we could see, we could see clearly, Lord, what you are doing in our moment of history, what you're calling us to as a people. Lord, individually, that you are speaking to hearts. Lord, I pray that you would stir the water of souls today, that, God, that, that, that they would be liberated. What has kept them bound, Lord, what has hindered their lives, that that stuff would be severed today and people would find freedom. God, I thank you for that. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd breathe on this moment. Breathe on it, Lord. Just take a hand, just put it on your own heart right now, and just let's invite him. Holy Spirit, would you speak to me this morning? Come on, just ask him. Holy Spirit, speak to me today. Speak to me, Lord. Reveal your will. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray these things right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And anybody agreed with that? They said, amen. Um, I have a, a concept to share with you this morning that is fun. It's inspiring. It's the kind of geek out stuff that I get into. You may not find it so, well, you'll find it interesting. I know you will because I have the microphone and you don't. So you just are forced to, right? You got to listen. Uh, no, this is, this is the kind of stuff that, um, that, that when I began to discover, uh, my heart exploded with gratitude. I, I was uh, I was around 13 years old when I had the, my first sort of encounter with the heavens. I remember it distinctly because my grandmother was fighting cancer and I, I was out under the stars. It was like a camping trip. I'm sitting by the lake. I'm looking up at the heavens and, and there's just a sense of awe that comes over me. Was in the boundary waters. You know, so it's clear, and I'm looking up at the stars, and that struggle is real with the sense of loss or impending loss and eternity. And I'm wrestling with these things as a young teenager, and I'm looking up at the stars, and the stars are talking. The heavens are proclaiming. Eternity's real. That vastness awakened something in me. Has anybody ever looked up at the stars and found themselves just like in awe? Man, it's just the most beautiful and wonderful thing to me. I am so inspired. Every time I find myself out under the stars, something comes alive in me, right? That, that voice of who God is has been proclaiming God's plan, his ways, and his story from the beginning of time up until now. And the invitation for us to hear the story of creation and who God is, what he's doing in our moment of history, is still being proclaimed today for all who are willing to hear. Creation itself, crying out God's goodness. This morning, I want us to take a journey. I want you to begin to think about the concept of eternity. Eternity, the vastness of it. No beginning, no end. Time is much easier to consider because the scripture says there is a beginning and so God in the beginning spoke and stuff began to happen. If we think about time as a line, you can see a beginning and one day there will be an end where time is summed up and it's brought to a close. That timeline, if you will, if we laid it out in front of us, we could mark off moments in history and culture and know exactly where they stand on that timeline. There's Adam and Eve at the beginning. There's Noah and his boat. Right? There's Abraham. There's, we can plot out the timeline. We can take it into other cultures and see the advancement of culture and their timelines, but all of it finds a place on the line. 
There it is. 54 BC. There it is. 300 AD. There it is. And we just plot it out. And everything in history fits on that timeline, including you. You have a spot on that timeline. If we had it all lined out, you could find your place in time. This is Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Genesis 1, 14 and 15. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Let them be for signs. Everyone say signs. For seasons, for days and years. Let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Now, I, I, there's not enough time today uh, to jump into all the aspects that I would love to just geek out on. But I, I, will, I will tell you this, that the heavens, the stars, they proclaim the big God story. It's all there. It's a clock, if you will. When we think about time... When we think about seasons, days, and years, they are marked off by the passing of the heavens. We have figured out how to calculate time based on what's taking place in the stars. Times around the, the sun, the way that the moon interjects with, you know, our, our, the, the cycles of time, and these things have been plotted out for the days and years. But what about seasons what about signs? What about the age, the times? These things are also written there, and this is what I want to talk to you about today, is that you and I fit in the timeline, but God is above it all. God, while he interacts with us in time, he is not bound by time in any regard. He's above it, beyond it. Your father is on the outside of the universe, okay? He's, he's not contained by it. He created the heavens, and the scripture says that he cannot be contained in the heavens. He's just too big. Our father is outside of time, so when he speaks, he speaks to all time. You can see the timeline. There it is, beginning all the way to the end. And our Father speaks from up here, from eternity, and that word talks to all of time. If you want to geek out a little bit more, literally from the beginning, the Lamb has been slain before the foundations of the earth. It was determined in eternity that Jesus would die for our sins. It was determined from eternity that the gateway to heaven would be open for you and I to enter through his covenant. Eternity, the timeline. It says that the stars were given so that we could mark out our place on that timeline. It goes beyond days and years. This is the natural side of things. It goes into the spiritual as well. When we talk about a time and the sign of the times... That's actually something specific. That's not like a general term. You know, you might be watching the news one night and it's just nothing but garbage and bad news. There it is, right? And you're listening to it and you look over at the person sitting next to you, oh, there's just another sign of the times. What are we talking about here? A sign of the times. A sign literally is just that. It is an expression. It's a mark that God uses to differentiate from any other time. When we talk about the sign of the times, we're talking about God uses a sign, a post, something that marks a moment in history to tell you where you're at in the great God clock. When Jesus was born, there was a sign in the heavens. That sign told everyone who was paying attention that the Messiah had been born in that season. When Jesus begins his ministry, he begins to announce that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and then he performs many signs and wonders. What were those things proclaiming? That the kingdom age, 
the time of the kingdom had come. You and I are living in what the scripture calls as the kingdom age. We are in the time of the kingdom. The time of the kingdom also has seasons within it. And you and I walk through different seasons. The way that a 15-year-old approaches their season of life is different than an 80-year-old approaches their season of life. Yes? I mean, you're sitting in rows of people right now that are in different seasons from each other. Yet we all are in the same time. Kingdom. The age that we are in is in the kingdom age. And yet, each one of us are called to approach our season of life in view of God's purposes for us. Now, all of this, like I said at the beginning, this is all conceptual. you got to keep taking the journey with me if you're going to get where we're going today, all right? Are you alive? You okay? Pinch your neighbor, punch him, do something to wake him up here. All right, here we go. You also see the word epochs, E-P-O-C-H-S. You'll see that several times in the scriptures. It's the same word for seasons. So we talk about this is an, a new epoch. This is a new season. This is, a new, this, this is an apostolic kingdom age. And you and I are called to approach that with wisdom. This is... I've got to do one more verse, and then we can keep moving. This is Acts chapter 1. This is something that you and I have read many times, but I'm not sure that we thought about it in this way. It's a famous passage, Acts 1, verses 4 through 8. You ready? We're going to put it up on the screen up there. This is at the end. Jesus has resurrected from the dead. He's going to ascend into heaven, and he's going to, he's, he's going to set the world on fire through his disciples, okay? He says... Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. Go for it. John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Woo, where are my Pentecostals at? Come on. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Right? Urgh, power, God moving among us. He says that to his disciples, and then the disciples retort back to him. And they go, oh, they were asking him, Lord, is it at this time you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Are you about to put Israel back on the map? Are we about to become a superpower? Are we about to throw off Rome? Is it at this time, Jesus, that you are going to ascend as Messiah and take over the joint? That's what he's asking. That's what they're asking. Look at what he said. He says to them, it is not for you to know the times or the epochs, the seasons. Two different things, not the same word. Know the times or the season which the Father fixed by his authority. Keep going. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even the remotest parts of the earth. Okay. I, when you read that passage of Scripture, it's easy to gravitate towards one part or the other. Pentecostals gravitate towards, hey, we got empowered. We're his witnesses. We're about to go do the stuff. Wow. But the context of that was this. Hey, Jesus, is this the time that's been foretold? Is this the age? Is this the... And Jesus retorts back to them and says... It's not for you to know the time or season, but, and he uses that word, but, contrary, we have a different thought here. I need you to bring this into context. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll have power to be my witnesses. Those things don't sound like they relate. Has anybody talked about recently, oh, we're in the end times. Something about the end times just Man, people's imaginations, you know, they just run wild. There are days when I look at my children and I go, oh, what's that on your forehead? It's, you know, like, is that the mark of the beast there? What's going on here, you know? It's just a little dirt. Good. All right. Whew. 
Like the end times, right? We, we, we fixate on it and we dream about it. People write novels about it. By the way, those are novels, <laughs> okay? <laughs> My prayer today is that you get delivered, not left behind. <laughs> Here we go. The end times. What are we referring to? What are we talking about here? It's actually important that we clarify this. Why? Because you are called to be significant and make decisions that impact generations to come. But we get fixated on the wrong seasons and times and end up useless to ours. Jesus the disciples go, hey, is this the time that we've all been writing novels about? Okay? And he says, whoa. No, no. These are things that the Father has fixed by his authority. In other words, this is not the stuff that you get to tamper with. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he will clothe you with power and that you will be the witness of the times we are in. You gotta catch this. Jesus announced to them, kept announcing all of his ministry. We are in the kingdom age. The kingdom of God has come. It is at hand. And then he performs many signs and wonders to demonstrate that the kingdom is at hand. The disciples then ask him at the end of the ministry, they go, oh, are we transitioning now? Is this the time where Israel moves into power, and we're going to control everything. And Jesus calls them back to, he says, listen, that stuff, that has been fixed by the Father's authority. That's not for you to participate in. Your role is to be clothed with power so you can be a present tense witness of what God is doing in our moment of history. The contrast is this. Somebody is caught up in like Never Never Land dreaming about what could be and those who are empowered to be present and do something about it. You are called to be clothed with the Holy Spirit and his power and the purpose of it is for you to be able in this moment differentiate between the signs of the times so that the world knows where we're at in the great God clock. If I ask you, what time is it? If I ask you, what's the age that we're in? Some people get, like, really messed up. Dreaming about how dark it is out there. Y'all, darkness is not a sign of the times. No, no, you're a sign of the times. Darkness doesn't tell you anything. You are a sign to the people around you that heaven is real, that God is good. You are the very aroma of judgment. It either smells like heaven or it smells like, uh-oh. <laughs> it's what you carry. It's who you are. You are a sign. Come on now. I, listen. We talked about Pentecostalism in here. I need some Pentecostals up in here this morning. Otherwise, that's, come on, where are my Holy Ghost hands? And amen, brother. Come on. You're making me work. Come on. All right. All right. That's, come on. There are some epochs which are not meant to be fixed in men's minds, but rather connection to the Holy Spirit is what makes you ready for the season you're in. This is 1 Chronicles 12, 32. These are the kinds of people you are called to be like, like a son of Issachar. If you understand what that means, this comes from this passage of Scripture. Of the sons of Issachar, they were men who understood the times and had knowledge of what Israel should do. That is a powerful statement. God wants you to be a person who understands the time you're in so that you know what to do. If, if, it, if it's the end times, 
and everything's going to burn. And, and this is, and Jesus isn't saving the planet. He's about to rescue us off of it. Then what motivation do you have to go through things like persecution? What motivation do you have to stand the test within your time? Come on, he's starting to, we're getting it. Of the sons of Issachar, they were men who understood the time with knowledge of what Israel should do. Man, that is a powerful statement. That's who you are. It's who you're supposed to be. Understand the day that you live in. Understand your season so that you can make intentional choices that affect generations to come. Sometimes, however, this is the issue, okay, is that because of the cycle of life we're in, we get stuck Anxiety, fear, debt, pain, cycles of pain will keep you imprisoned in your time. It's very difficult to, to get out of the tyranny of the urgent, which is what you're called to do. You need to ascend. We need to get you up out of the timeline so that you're engaging with eternity because that's where your life is rooted. Right? The tyranny of the urgent keeps you imprisoned in this moment in a way that leaves you useless for eternal things. Like, hear me out here. If you are in pain, in a cycle of pain, very difficult to dream about the future if you're stuck. If, if, if the bills are piling up and you don't have any money and debt is piling up, man, that is a fearful and painful experience to go through because the cycle of debt is going to keep you focusing on where is my next meal coming from. How, how do you break free of that cycle? Because that cycle is like a prison, man. This is where believers, sons and daughters of God, we are called to live above that so we can help people out of it. The tyranny of the urgent keeps sucking you back into time. Back into this moment where, where you're like, man, my time's running out. You can feel the beginning of it and the end of it, and you feel the pressures of that. Has anyone ever felt imprisoned by their age before? I remember when I was 15, and I'm looking at my friends who are driving. I was imprisoned by my age. Yeah? Come on. Uh, if you are, if you're a young person, you keep looking for dates that are coming. You know, that's just what you do, right? You're 15, you I can't wait till I'm 16. I get my license. Freedom. But when 16 comes, you're like, I need to be 18. Why? So you can vote and go to the casino, I guess. I don't know. The 18 thing. The, the 18 thing is, you know, it's like, oh, there's another thing to look forward to, right? And what's after that? Oh, 21. What's after 21? 25, so you can rent a car finally. <laughs> after 25, where, the, where are you going? Over the hill? Like, there's nothing left. <laughs> so you're imprisoned by your age as you're moving forward, and you know what also happens? When you finally get there, listen, when you get there, your, your eyes fix on another date. Until, see, until you get older, and then once old, once, once age, once once degrading begins to happen in your physical form, once you begin to lose access, opportunity, the ability, once that stuff starts to go away, you begin to feel imprisoned by your age again. And now you're looking at the clock and you're wondering how much time I have left. See, when people live like this in time, we, it's very difficult to think about decisions that will affect 100 years from now. But that's who you are. You're called to impact generations. You're, you're called to make decisions right now that, that actually impact not just 100 years, but eternity. Guys, people like Abraham were making decisions that like affected all time. That's who you are. You're meant to. You got to yeah, listen faster. 
This this isn't working. I'm trying. Yowza. All right. Really, really quickly. I went over a little more deep in first service. I can't this service. There's not not enough time. Y'all worshiped too long. All right. (laughs) I mean, you have all of eternity to do that. I don't know why you got to do it right now. I'm just kidding. Uh, this has anyone ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Okay, you, you're actually taught this in in school <laughs> if, if you were awake for that class, right? Okay, the principle is this: is that hum, humans have needs, and those needs have levels to them. Like there are base needs that need to be met in order for you to think beyond yourself. For example, uh, the, the, the list of needs, let me just pop through it real quick and then just touch on it. You have safety and provision, that's one level. Connection is another level. Significance is another level. And then legacy, or what, what does my life mean and its impact is another level. But you can't be thinking about legacy and, and how your life will matter to future generations if, if you don't know where you're going to eat tonight. If you're drowning, you jumped in the deep end of the pool, you can't swim, you're drowning. Like, that's not the time to, like, ask somebody, hey, what do, what do you, you want to be five years from now? Like, There's no ability to think past the need. You bump into people in our society that are desperate and you're expecting them to make legacy decisions like decisions that will matter beyond themselves right now. How? Do you understand that we have to help people out of the cycles of brokenness? Listen, Fear and poverty and, like, safety and provision is a real thing. If it's not in place, people get desperate. You've experienced it. I've experienced it, at least in part, in different moments of time. Here's the deal. Like, these levels, when you experience safety and provision and you're feeling good, now I'm looking for who matters who, who do I matter to? Where's my connection point? In those connections, and I discover who my tribe is, my family, my people. I'm connected to you. You're connected to me. I matter. Now I'm wanting to be significant in that group of people. And I will work until I'm significant amongst those people. But the problem with significance is that once you become significant, it's a prison. Because you begin to volunteer. I used this illustration last service. I'll do it again. Listen, you met your tribe. You're here. You love the house church. Wow, that was awesome. I I enjoy it. Right? You're looking around. It does not matter. Listen, if you encountered God, so wild to me, but this happens to us. You encountered God. Like, stuff was amazing. You had a miracle happen in your life. Like, God's moving. And, And you're... You, you, you have your needs met, and you're, you're feeling good, and you encountered God, and you're here for, you know, two, three months, but you don't find connection with people? You're not sure if you matter to people? You're out. It doesn't matter how big of an encounter with God you had, because there is a base need in people's lives to be known, and it matters that you're here. Y'all, listen, you, when you look down these rows, I need your help. I need this community to care. We got to give a rip about people. So let's say you discover, man, these are my people. Now you're like, I want to be significant amongst my people. So you start to volunteer, right? Ellen hits you up. Hey, you want to <laughs> come help, Right? Okay, and you love it, and you want to be significant, so you sign up for everything. Like, I'll volunteer over here, I'll volunteer over here, I'll volunteer over here. Like, yeah, I matter, right? And, and everybody's your people now, right? Everybody. Okay, and, and, but it doesn't take very long 
before those emails start piling up and they're like, you are scheduled for this date, you're scheduled for this date, you're scheduled for this date, you're scheduled for this date. And pretty soon you're complaining. Why are they always asking me to serve? Oh, isn't there anybody else out there that can help? Like, what? Right? Forgetting that you're the one that signed up. Okay, what's happened there is that your significance has now become a prison and now you are fighting for your liberty again. Now you're like, ooh, I need to quit so I can feel free again. Right? And so now you're calling Ellen and you're like, hey, I don't think I can do this anymore. Right? You guys scheduled me too much, right? It's the blame game. I'm like airing out our dirty laundry. Here you go. Right. <laughs> this issue is a real issue because what ends up happening, you do this at work too. You become so significant at work that now you want to quit because you feel imprisoned by it. But it was your excellence that actually brought you into that place. So what are you needing at that moment? You're needing boundaries. You got to feel empowered to say no again. You don't you don't kill it, though. You don't run away from it. That would be weird. You found your people. You're encountering God. Now why would you run away from that? You just need to learn how to say no. But not no to everything, because if you do that, then you just killed the very thing that you worked to become significant at. You see this? Once you get past all of that, now you're wondering, how does my life impact beyond me? Now, Y'all, the tyranny of the urgent will suck you into time and you'll have a very difficult time making decisions that impact eternity. You're just stuck. As well as, and you have to hear me today, please hear me. The hierarchy of needs is a humanistic centered point of view. I just taught all that stuff to be able to say to you, I understand your pain, but you are called to live above that, not in it. You're called to look at your needs and your appetites and your desires to be significant and do I matter and I want to be the rock star and, you know, American Idol me, right? You are the center of your universe until you meet Jesus, and then you find out you're not. And the Lord is inviting you to come up here. Leave the timeline behind. Let eternity touch your heart. No matter where you're at in your need scale, you can always come above it, connect with God, and release his kingdom. You are not needing to ascend through the ladder of importance until finally you can do something. No! Look at Jesus. He's just amazing. But look at this. This is John 13, 1 through 4. You ready? John 13, 1 through 4. This passage of scripture has been bothering me for years. Years. I read this scripture, and I'm like, there's something here that matters so much. I think this is part of it. Okay, look at Before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come. This isn't just the time. This is like he understood the moment he was in. Knowing that his hour had come, and that he would depart out of this world to the Father, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So during supper, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come forth from God, that he was going back to God, he got up from supper, he laid aside his garments, he took a towel, and he washed their feet. Talk about controlling a moment. Talk about being present. Jesus, knowing the very hour, he's about to die. His story's over. He knows the scripture says, for the joy set before him, 
he endured the moment, the cross. In other words, he was seeing beyond the moment. He wasn't stuck in his pain. He was not stuck in his circumstances. His circumstances are about as bad as they get. Jesus is in complete empowerment in this moment. The scripture says that the Father had put all things into his hands. All things into his hands. That means he has been given the wheel. He gets to make the powerful decision himself. It's not being demanded of him. The Father gives him the option. Do you want to go to the cross? The choice is yours, son. He could have called angels to deliver him. He could have in that moment pulled the plug and said, you know what, peace, I'm out. He could have, but he chose. He chose. And that right there, my friends, that's the Christian life. You are free from the systems. You, you're not called to climb the ladder within society. You need to leave that crap alone. Let it go. You, you, need, you need to stop. Stop chasing. Stop trying to become significant. Understand you are. You are. You possess your moments, and the Holy Spirit's job is to empower you to be a witness of your moment. Not to get caught up in the conspiracies and all the madness of painting the future in the way that it'll be if we don't and all the craziness of that stuff. Y'all, that's a prison. Jesus, in the moment that should have been terrifying, it was a prison. He's about to die. In that very moment, possessing all his faculties, all of his choices, in that moment, he chooses to get up from dinner and wash poopy feet. They're wearing sandals. The, the animals, the filth is all in the streets. This is where they have to wash the feet before dinner because they're not sitting at a proper table with your feet underneath. They're sitting, their feet are up next to the food. Washing the hands and feet is necessary. Jesus, possessing all of his faculties, being completely in control of the moment, could have thought about himself. He could have thought about himself. Doesn't it feel like he should have thought about himself? Hey guys, I'm about to face the worst experience ever recorded in history. I could really use like some attention. Would you guys please just prophesy over me? Would you care? Would you, would you, would you love on me a little bit? Would you, you know? No, what's he do? He washes Judas' feet. He extends mercy. He like thinks about them. He loves them. He rises above circumstance to serve. How in the world does someone do that? How do you not get trapped in the tyranny of the urgent? How do you not look at your situation and go, I have needs. You're not meeting my needs. How do you get out of that cycle? There's a door that's been opened in the heavens. Revelation says there's a voice coming from the door. Come up here. No longer live according to the patterns of this world. Be liberated. Please set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. You gotta get unlocked from the tyranny of the urgent. There's Jesus, it's sitting in the living room. Mary is at his feet. Martha is going, look at all the stuff we have to do. Lord. I know there was snow outside, but where are the people who can help us decorate? Lord, can't you see there's so much stuff to do? What's he complaining? What's she complaining about? Martha. He, Jesus goes, Martha. Remember, it's written twice. That means, what did he do? He wasn't going, Martha, Martha. That's <laughs> not what he was doing. He, he said, Martha, hey, 
There is only one thing necessary. You must be present in this moment with me. Because if you'll be present in this moment with me, all things are possible. What's the moral of that story? If Jesus is at your house, order pizza. No, come on. The tyranny of the urgent sucks you in. The hierarchy of needs sucks you in, keeps you imprisoned. You're called to rise above that, ascend out of that. Jesus lived his life outside of that stuff. He, he made the choice continuously to be present with the Father and make decisions based off of what he saw the Father doing. Not off human need, not off what's expected, certainly not off the religious or political systems. None of that. He was connected to the Father and made decisions based on his connection. And because of that, he continually demonstrated what time it was. Do you want to live present, connected to the Father, and demonstrate signs of our time? My friends, then you must come up out of the tyranny of the urgent and you must set aside the hierarchical needs. That is base, lower level, humanistic concept. You still have needs, of course. If you have a bill screaming at you, the bill needs to be paid. You're not called to run away from those responsibilities. In fact, the opposite happens. When you get connected to the Father and are present in the moment, suddenly you are empowered to do things powerfully. So you don't run away from the bill. You connect with the Father who is the God of provision and suddenly there is peace, there is deliverance, there is wisdom. Everything you need suddenly is present to make a powerful decision. And once you make that decision, that's when the God of provision comes roaring in. Not before. When we're tied up and freaking out and anxious about the worries of this world and the needs of the flesh, all that stuff, when you get stuck there, your provision's in heaven come up out of it so that provision can be released. Are you alive? The devil is always trying to take you out of your season. Continuously. Trying to pull you out of the season that you're in, trying to get you focused on something that's outside of your ability to make decisions. Continually pulling you out of the season. He is trying, if he could, to shift the times and epochs of your day. Jesus is calling you to be present with the Father. So here's the big question. It's the elephant in the room. I'll answer it and end. You ready? The question is, how? Pastor Jamie, how? How do I escape this tyranny of the urgent? How do I come up out of my needs? How do I think beyond? How do I make choices that will impact generations to come? How? The answer is so simple. It's too simple. The answer is, you hear your father's voice. You hear your father's voice. As soon as you hear your father's voice, the presence of his peace, which he is the prince of peace, he's the rules with peace. As soon as you hear his voice, his peace will become manifested. As soon as you hear his voice, See, he is the Holy One. He can't talk to you without destroying you. So he has to have mercy on you in order for you to receive from him. I can prove this from the scriptures. He speaks from between the cherubim over the mercy seat. He has to have mercy on you for him to talk to you. 
So if you're stuck and you like made bad choices and you don't know what to do and your conscience is defiled and ah, God, I'm trapped. What do you need? You need to hear your father's voice because as soon as you hear your father's voice, he's going to wash you with the pure water of the word. You will be washed. As soon as you hear his voice, the Prince of Peace will sit enthroned over your circumstances. He doesn't pull you up out of your circumstances. He's trying to empower you so you can make decisions that see his kingdom manifest in them. Mm. Every time he speaks, he creates. In the beginning, he spoke. Boom, there is stuff. Here's the deal. We get imprisoned in our circumstances. We're in the cycle over and over and over. How do I get up out of this? I don't know what to do. I don't have any answers. There is no options. Anyone ever been there before? Listen, that's the best place to be. Your only option is you better hear from the Father. And as soon as he speaks, something changed. Because when he speaks, he creates. And so it's in, as soon as he talks to you, your circumstances have changed. So he tells you something, and you're like, like, oh, Lord, I already tried that. No, he spoke it to you right now, which means it changed. The door was shut before, now it's open. You should try again. As soon as he speaks, something changed. And, and the last thing is this, is that when God speaks, he imparts wisdom. That we would know and understand our time. This is the kingdom age. You're not waiting for the world to end. The Lord is waiting for you to make his enemies a footstool for him. You're not waiting for him to rescue you off the rock, right? That's being hurled through space. He's not rescuing us off the rock. No, no. He brought his rule and reign so that you and I could draw upon eternity within time and establish his kingdom so that he rules in the midst of circumstances. And how does he do that? By giving you wisdom so that you can make decisions just as if your father was standing there making the decision. Y'all, Jesus was in full control and faculty of that moment. He's about to go to the cross, and it had been given all into his hand. That is, that's your life. That is the Christian life, is that Jesus has set you free, and he has empowered you so that now you can make powerful decisions. We keep waiting for him to come and rescue us. He's speaking to you so that you have the power to make change. He'll intervene, but a mature son is able to make decisions. And this is who you're called to be, that we as a people, a prophetic people, would know our time in history and that we would understand the season that you're in. Some of you are called to ministry. You and I are in different seasons. I've been doing ministry, Right? Some of you are called to ministry. Awesome. Those are different seasons. Your choices will be different than my choices. They have to be. Some of you are at the beginning of your careers, but you're frustrated that you haven't got a promotion. Friends, you're in a different season than that guy that's been at the company 15 years. Understand your season. Why? So that you can make wise choices, know what to do. Do you... Y'all, simplistic, I could have just said this all in one sentence. Ready? Here you go. You need help? Ask God, he'll give you wisdom. Talk to your father. I feel like that's like every mom's statement. The kids go, <laughs> the kids are freaking out. Mom, mom, mom. Talk to your father. Okay? There you go. Would you stand to your feet today? <laughs> Duh. Sorry, I tried. We, you did it. Good job. Pat yourself on the back. Pat someone else on the back. You did it. Yowza. All right. Put your hand on your heart. Let me pray for you. Here you go.
My friends, arise and shine. Your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, there's darkness in the earth. And there's deep darkness on people. But the Lord rises upon you. And his glory appears upon you. And nations will come to your light. Kings to the brightness of your rising. Every time you make a decision out of your connection to the Father, glory rises upon you. Hope breaks forth around you. And the world gets a little brighter. Father, I thank you for your people today. That each one of them are called with purpose. And I am asking today, Holy Father, that your spirit would be poured out upon them. Holy Spirit, that you would clothe them with power that they might be a sign of the times. That the world might know that Jesus has come. Holy Spirit of God, that you would come upon them, that they would be present and connected with you. Holy Father, that our hearts would be bent towards you, that we could hear your voice. Lord, I pray for every person that's in the midst of trial and difficulty. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd connect them to people that can help that you would connect them to resource, that you would do what you do, Lord, but that it would come out of their connection to you. Father, release wisdom upon this house that we might be a people who roar with your presence in this day and hour, that hope might be released into the world. Lord, let your presence overwhelm each one of these parents, that families and connectedness would be deep in their family structures, that children would have their hearts turned towards their fathers, and fathers would turn their hearts towards their children, that this day would be a blessed day and not a cursed one. Lord, that you would move powerfully in our generation. This house would be a house of presence. This house would be a place where people hear your voice, Father. That is my prayer, that they would hear from you. Father, I bless your people today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face, his countenance be towards you. May he be gracious to you. I mean, just outrageously good to you. And the peace of God would guard your hearts and minds. His shalom would be upon you. I pray these things this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And anybody who dared to agree with that said, come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord today?